Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Biblical transition, there is advancement. Now you might be in here, you might know people that didn't advance. But that's all right. Just keep your prayers going because there's still something for you to do. But most advancements, every transitions are advancements. Biblical transition. Elijah, Elisha. Which was first, Elijah or Elisha? Elijah. Elijah was the one. And and then Elijah was Elijah and Elisha. Elisha. And it was double. Yeah. Double the victory. Yeah. How about Jesus and the Holy Ghost? Yeah. What did that he was say? a good transition. What did he say? Ooh. He said, he, no longer do you need someone coming up and speaking to you one-on-one, but he's in every heart that believes. He said, it's and, and far that, better for not, you. Not only that, not only that, this is good news. He's working in everybody you're praying for. He's going, and they're going, I'm not listening to that. Listen to that. Oh, but he's still working. Yes, he is. Holy Spirit, greater. I've got to leave you someone's comfortable. I'm telling you, I reached a place in my life. I fell on my face and I said, I don't need nobody, God, if I got you. If everybody left me, I have you. You're the one I have. You're the lover of my soul. You're the one who paid the price. I'm not looking for somebody to need me or love me or accept me, but I'm thankful that you guys do. Anyway, but yes. I'm not looking for that. I'm not looking for someone to accept. Oh, you're all right. I'm looking to do that to somebody else. I'm too busy looking for others to help than thinking about myself. Praise the Lord. Because the love of God is should have brought in my I've changed. God's not looking for you to go, oh God, I know you I know you must feel so lonely. He's got a whole army of people. And he still wants them all. He still wants more. He's not satisfied with just what he has now. More. That's why he hadn't returned. So I keep crying for the rain, God, the rain, the rain, the rain. How many churches have I been in and said, God, wake up the believers? Wake him up, God. Wake him up. Wake him up. Wake him up. No more selfish believers. No, no. I must think more. Transition always, biblical transition always brings advancement. You can be seated. When he went to Moses. I think. And uh, Moses and Moses was gone. Joshua. No, Moses was gone. Oh, yeah, he went to Moses because Moses, he couldn't go to Moses. Well, he was. He was with Moses. <laughs> hey, Mo. Okay. But he went to Joshua. And he said, rise up. In other words, uh, rise up. What he was saying is, it's time to take your place. <laughs> rise up. Rise up, Joshua. Now's the time to take your place. Yep. They're not going anywhere. Are you kidding they're the founding pastors. I know a lot of churches where the founding pastors leave. I think, why do they leave? I don't understand. I, I mean, I'm 
don't curse at anybody. I just, maybe I don't know everything's going on. Oh, you think? Anyway, uh, but I thought, oh, wow, you've still got your founding pastors with the vision and the, the vision. And, and they came along and worked and all of you came along with that vision. And man, here you, here you are. And, and it's not all about you. It's about, it's about us seeing our older brother when we get to heaven and, you know, just like he walked around Joseph with the, 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 the column and he looked and he, he looked at his brothers that sold him out and he's crying. He's good back when he's crying. He said, Oh Lord. Then he comes back around and he says, Look, look, it's okay. I'm not upset with you. They were so ashamed. He said, I'm not upset with you. I love you. Come on, we're, I'm going to take care of you during all this mess that's getting ready to come talking about Josh, uh, Joseph when his brothers came, the ones that had sold him into slavery. Remember? He said, I love you. I love, he loved him so much he went behind the ball and he, he wept because he, he, he knew that they would have a reason to be nervous. Do you still love me? God, do you still love me? It's, I heard someone say, tears don't move God. And it's sad to say it was a lady years ago. I don't know. I don't, know it wasn't, I, don't, I don't normally go negative, but I thought I thought, I don't believe that. I mean, David wept when the, when the prophet came to him and said, how about a guy you know, who has all the sheep he wants, and then yet he goes and gets his other sheep for himself. What would you do to that guy? And to David, he says, you're that guy. And David went, when you get a revelation, a real revelation, you know why your friends are doing other things, or your family and members and different people you're praying for? Because they don't really, they don't get it. When they get it, they'll change it. They don't have the revelation. How, yeah, but I, they're a Christian, man. And I mean, they're like a leader. They're still deceived. Anybody can be deceived. I was. I was. But when my eyes opened, I felt like David. I went, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then you know what else I said? I went, Lord, your love is, an, is unfathomable. Because as a little girl, I always wanted his love in my heart. I loved John, the book of John. The love of God. I said, Lord, I want that in me. A lot of times you wonder why people are gifted in different areas. Because that's where their heart has been drawn to. And you'll go to those people in that area. Have you ever noticed that? When you know somebody, my phone, my, my, I get texts all the time. Because they know I'll still love them no matter what. Go to Sydney, show up. Now, sometimes a gift like that, if you're not careful, a gifting can wear you out. So sometimes you have to go, mm, okay, just come back and off here, just a little bit. You have to know how, when, and how to do that so that when you get my age, my age, 64, what? you can still make it. You can still go. But he says, Moses, Joshua, he says, he says, rise up. It's time to take your place. Be strong. Oh, Lois, give me that piece of paper. Oh, oh Lois, I'll do this at the end. You, you go ahead and teach if you want. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? I want, there's something, I think, what? I think there's something Lois has. I'll finish this at the end. Is that okay? Um, because I, I feel like, I feel like I want her to go ahead and start sharing right now, and then I'll finish this when we, when we get to the end. The praise and worship here is phenomenal. You're not following 
the, the quota that what everybody has to do or something. You're making sure there's redemption in everything you say. That's what we do. We make sure there's redemption in everything we say. All the songs we wrote, I need a Kleenex. Oh, Pastor, would you mind? I'll remember this the rest of my life. It's the only thing you ever gave me. No, I'm just kidding. Boy, you better hush. <laughs> that's, that's what's so important. Look at the Australia group. What put them on the map? What's the name of that girl? Darlene Check. She was so discouraged. She was so down. She was so, oh, she just couldn't take it anymore. She was devastated. She goes to the piano. She starts sitting down and writes this song that becomes a world international hit singing by every church and every believer around the world. Shout to the Lord. She went there at a devastated moment. Put Australia Church on the map. But it was the music. The music that made the difference. That's what people look for. They'll come. They'll come. They'll go, oh, there's something about that music. Then they'll hear the pastor. Very, very important job. That's why he held you here. He held you here. Put your ear to the wall and put a, drove a nail in and said, you ain't going nowhere, bud. Get those bees out of your bonnet. You ain't going nowhere. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's what the church is about. Praise the Lord. And his glory. Solid and strong all these years. Hallelujah. Solid and strong all these years. And you over here dancing around and stuff at your age, moving your hips and stuff. Yeah. And all the, them bands singing rock and roll songs. What have we come to? But we've come to this. We just keep right on moving. We never stop. We Praise go all the, the way through. It's not really all about us. It's about others. You know, and revival, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's fatal to the kingdom of darkness. Fatal to him. Fatal to the kingdom of darkness. Everywhere I go, I want to start. I start something. I want to start something. I did it for the devil. I can do it for God better. It's true. Everywhere I go, I want to start something. Everywhere I go, I want to take your teenager by the back of the hair and go... Ah! Serve God. Quit thinking about who knows you, who likes you, whatever. That about all that little stupid stuff. Forget it. Love others. You love somebody else. You take care of somebody else. You get busy caring about other people. You won't even think of yourself. You'll just be like, oh my Lord, do I even have a self? You'll lay in bed and go, pussy, come on. You won't lose yourself. You'll actually find yourself. You will find yourself. That's it's why he said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Lust knows the Bible. It's not just a, you know, it's not some human culture invention. God's put something in you. And the only way your gift grows is if you use it. Did you know John G. Lake had someone who went and taught with him and explained what John G. Lake was doing? She likes to say that for a reason. Okay. Because I'm still waiting for that person. Anyway. Cindy. It's too, too important. And you guys are just going to slide right on through. 
Praise the Lord. Nothing's ever going to happen that will surprise you. I'm just kidding. Anyway, you will slide right on through. Looking for another one. Looking for the next generation to pop up. Who's the next one that's going to? Who's the next one that's going to say, "I see the vision of this church." Who's the next one? Who's the next one? Who's the next one? Who's the next one? I'm always looking out. I'm looking. I'm like looking. Who's who's who's, who's God? Who are you gonna? Who are you gonna work through? I'm always looking. I'm always searching. I'm always asking him questions. I was praying the other day and I wake up and I wake up praying in tongues and I said, God, I feel this for somebody. Who is it? Who is it? Lord, you don't have to tell me. Maybe it's the, you know, the char lady in London. I don't know. They don't even know their name. But God, who am I praying for? Then I mentioned three names and when I got on the third name, I went, it's them. It's them. It's those pastors. Something's going on. Something's wrong. Something. I feel like their heart has just been taken out of them. They're just crying. And I was right. I was right. I kept praying in the Holy Ghost. We're looking. We're looking. I prayed in the Holy Ghost and was even able to minister to them. This happens all the time because I'm looking. And you may never know how I pray or, or, or what anything, but God knows he can use me to look and look and say, God, where is the next one? Where is something else? Who do you want me? And I know when I've missed it. I know when I've heard and I didn't obey. And I'm telling you now, it's just not listening. It's obeying. It's true. It's not just listening. I can hear. I can hear. But I've got to obey. I've got to obey. Same thing happened with another pastor. And then I even called, I even called an urgent prayer for pastors with my, with my prayer team. We're called the enforcers. And I said, we've got to pray for these pastors and these, and these missionaries and these leaders all over the world. We've got to pray. We've got to pray. We all met. I didn't know who was going to show up because it was last minute. Oh, but I had some doozies. And then I started hearing somebody call me and say, Cindy, I'm a pastor. Somebody else would call me, oh, this is pastor. And then I would hear about names. I'd hear names going in my head. You say, how do you do that? You pray in the Spirit and the Holy Ghost, and you have an open heart. Don't close it off. Don't get so busy with your time. You can't hear. That's how you do it. Let's go ahead. James 5, verse 7 and 8 says, Therefore be patient, brethren, Unto the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until he receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. I like the, uh, the word for patient there in Strong's concordance says this. It means to be long-spirited. Oh, I like that. Be long-spirited. Be patient as you wait for the coming of the Lord. Long-spirited. Establish your heart. Strengthen and confirm them, the Amplified Bible says, in the final certainty. For the coming of the Lord is at hand. It's all about receiving the precious fruit of the earth. The early and the latter rain. Brother Hagin wrote this about the rain. He said, for any harvest to be reaped, not only does seed have to be sown, but rain has to fall. I don't care how good the seed or the ground is. We must have rain if we're going to reap a harvest. 
He said this, the church that had good word, he said this to a church that had good word, but they had no rain. And he said, no matter how good the seed is or the ground, if you don't have any rain, you will not reap a harvest. Spiritually speaking, he said, the illustration of rain is used in connection with the Holy Spirit throughout the Bible. Spiritually speaking, the rain, Hosea 6, 3 says, he shall come to us as the rain, as the latter and former rain on the earth. This is the way God's blessings will come. They will fall on us. Rain is the way spiritual revival will come to the earth. And before the Lord's return, there will be a visitation of the Lord that will be an outpouring of his power and his spirit. Is there anything we can do to hasten the return, the Lord's return? Yes, he said. We can ask for the rain. The coming of the Lord is at hand. What is it that will hasten his return? It's the rain. Why do we need the rain? For the harvest. We must have the harvest. It's all about the rain. Zechariah 10.1 says, Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of latter rain. So the Lord will make bright clouds and give them showers of rain in, uh, to everyone grass in the field. So in asking for the rain, we're asking for the harvest. We are asking for an outpouring of the Spirit of God and the, a manifestation of the power of God. The answer for the drought of the day is the rain of heaven. The rain of heaven. There is power from heaven to move things out of the way and move and, and change the lives of men and women. In the first great awakening, Jonathan Edwards said, what the striving of men could not achieve, the work of of the Spirit of God changed in a moment. Woo! So I want to read you just real briefly here something to help you understand about how to live in the time of the rain. You know, there's a James 5, 17 and 18 talks about how that, uh, uh, five, seven, and eight, I'm sorry, how that they waited for the, the rain, for the latter rain and, and the time of uh, the latter rain. But then it gets over in James 5, same chapter, verse 17 and 18. And it says, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, verse 18 says, and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth its fruit. He was a human being with a nature like ours, one uh, translation says, with feelings, affections, and a constitution like ours. Do you understand? He was just like you. And he prayed that, uh, that the Bible says when he er prayed earnestly for the, no rain and the rain did not fall for three years and six months. And then he prayed again and heaven supplied rain and the land produced its crops as usual. Or as I like this, uh, I think this is the message Bible. He prayed that it would rain again. He, he prayed that it would rain and it did. The showers came and everything started. It growing again. Woo, bro, glory to God. Oh, it's too dead. It's too dead. No, no, all you need is the rain. 
the reign of heaven and everything starts to live again. Live again. And so I was reading James 5, 17 and 18 one day. And when I did, I don't know why, but it came to me to read 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18. Now James 5, 17 and 18 is really a verse that tells you, you know, this is what happened at the time of the drought, verse 17. And then this is what happened at the time of the rain, verse 18. But if you really want to know the details... I mean, because that's like, you know, watching a 30-minute sitcom. (laughs) It just happened. But if you really want to know all the details, I like uh, Psalms 37, verse 23 and 24 says, uh, The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and he delights in his way. Uh, Or as one one translation says, The the, uh, steps, the Lord directs the steps of the godly, New Living Translation. He delights... In every detail of their lives. Now, if you want the details, you got to go to 1 Kings 17 and 18. And so, real briefly, I want you to get, because see, James 5, 17 and 18 is about living in the middle of answered prayer. I mean, living it out. You know the rain's coming. You know it's coming. You know the Bible says he's going to send rain on the earth in the time and the last for the precious fruit of the harvest. But how the process of living in the middle of that answered prayer. In 1 Kings chapter 17, we read the details of really a, a biblical principle of living in the middle of the time when the rain begins to fall. And so in 1 Kings chapter 17, uh, this is where James 5, 17 comes from. We read for the first time about a man named Elijah. And Elijah, the Bible says in 1 Kings 17, 1, his, word, his, his name shows up for the first time. And it says he is a, uh, a resident of Gilead. And he says to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no dew or rain these years according to my word. Here he is. The, he is speaking. He literally goes before King Ahab, the most wicked, evil king of of all time and he comes right face to face with the wicked evil structure of the day and he says this is the word of the Lord when you speak the word of the Lord and you live out what God said you literally come right up against the evil uh, uh, dictates and plots of your generation. You come right up against it. I mean, you stand nose hair to nose hair with exactly the evil that is trying to control and rule this world. But the man who has a word from the Lord can stand three inches from hell and feel just fine. And so here he is, and he says to him, uh, there shall not be any dew or rain. So he's literally uh, uh, giving him, uh, uh, he's saying to him, this is the word of the Lord, and you watch it fall, you watch it happen. 
And so as he lives out during this time, when the word of the Lord uh, comes to Elijah, the next thing he says in verse 3, the word of the Lord comes to him and says, leave here, go eastward, hide here in this ravine east of Jordan, drink from the brook. I've directed ravens to supply food for you there. So he did what the Lord told him. So he did what the Lord told him. What's the secret to living in the middle of answered prayer? Just do what the Lord tells you. He said, but I don't know what that is. Not yet. But most of the time when people say they don't know what the Lord wants them to do, it's because they really don't want to do what they already know. You don't have to shout. But I'm just here to tell you. It's usually because, see, if you walk in the light you have, more light comes. So you say, well, I don't have any light. Well, that's because you hadn't walked in what you already got. See, all you got to do is walk in out. Do what the Lord told him. He said, you go. You said, but I don't understand how going to here and a raven's going to feed me that. He didn't ask you to understand it. He asked you to do it. You do what he tells you to do. He'll do what you can't do. And so the raven comes and feeds him. And he says, and, and so his word, God's word obeyed, this is what the Lord told me, is given to protect and care for you. Your obedience connects you with God's supernatural ability. I said, your obedience is what connects you to God's supernatural ability. When you move with what God says, he's already on the move ahead of you. You're not starting it, you're just trying to catch up to it. Oh, praise the Lord. I got some, I got some people in here who are listening. Oh, praise the Lord. One word God has never said is uh oh. I got that from a missionary who's lived in Africa with his wife. He is now in uh, mid eighties. He's lived there over 60 years and he and his wife went back there last year and they said, this is where we, this is where we will die. They tried, but they couldn't. They said, this is not our home. We got to go back to where our home is. And in their 80s, they flew back over. They rode a, a, a train or something, crossed in a, you can't get to where they were except in a boat and stuff. And here they are in their 80s, late 80s. It's like, we got to go to where the Lord told us. Woo! Hot dog, brother. It's like we said this morning, Daniel was in his 80s when he got thrown in the lion's den. Woo, come on. Don't you love that? Don't you love it? I love that he was as hot for God in his 80s as he was when he was a boy of 17. Hallelujah. Oh, I hear you back here. So here he is. So now he, God is talking to him. And as he's talking to him here, I want to, I'm going to skip over this. So he directed the ravens, but then he says, and the ravens brought him food. You know that story. But then the word of the Lord comes to him and says, go to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply food, you with food. So he went to Zarephath. He came to the town gate. A widow was gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I might have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called and bring me please a slice of bread as surely as the Lord your God lives. She replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Now I'm talking to you about live. This is living in the middle of the latter rain. And here he is. 
I mean, Elijah in the Old Testament, he was the move of God. You understand? There wasn't the Spirit of God coming upon everyone. It just came upon certain people. And here he was, literally, the move of God in the land. And the word of the Lord says, go to a widow who is getting ready to die. She doesn't have anything she thinks. But literally, she is the person. Yes, Elijah is the move of God on the earth in that hour. But the move of God with Elijah is connected to a woman, a widow, who is getting ready to eat her last meal and die. And the word of the Lord not only sustains her, but through her brings a sustaining power to the move of God for that generation. Come on. God, come on. This is what the Lord said to me. Remember, she was a widow who had nothing getting ready to die. But she obeyed the word of the Lord and became the person who supplied and kept alive the murder, the, the move of God. She, the move of God, Elijah the prophet, was kept alive by a starving, bankrupt widow woman. Come on. You say, I don't have much to give. You better get that out of your thinking. You are the one. You are the one who has the supply for the move of God in this hour. It's you. It's you. And here's Elijah. I mean, and so then he gets, I'm going to skip on down here. And he gives, you know, other things happen here. But it says uh, in verse, now we get to James 5, 18, because I don't have time to go to the other stuff. We'll talk about that later if we ever come back. I oh, know, praise the Lord. James 5, 18 says, remember what happened in John's faith, James 5, 18. He prays again. And the heaven began, supplied the rain, and the land produced their crops. Everything began to live again. What was it that happened when he prayed again? And the land, everything came alive again. An example, a type and shadow of how God in his rain from heaven brings great a, a harvest, a harvest to be reaped. Oh, and it causes things that seem to be dead to live again. Woo! Restoration is a part of the latter day move of God. It says in James 5.18, this answer of the rain coming again begins with after a long time. It's the third year, verse 1 Kings 18. And the word of the Lord comes to Elijah. Go present yourself to Ahab. I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to Ahab and they had a conversation and you know, they tried to convince Ahab was like, you're the problem. You're the troubler in the land. And Ahab said, I'm not the troubler. You're the troubler. And he said, he, you know, I like he called him the troubler of Israel. And Elijah said, I'm not the troubler. I'm not the problem here. You're the problem. You know, it's like that little boy whose dog died. And, you know, he was so sad because his dog died. And he told his mom, he said, oh, mom, I'm so sad Sparky died. And his mama said, don't be sad. Don't be sad, Jimmy. Sparky's in dog heaven. And he said, well, what's dog heaven like? And she said, oh, it's so wonderful. Sparky's running through the field, chasing squirrels. And little Jimmy looked up and he said, mama, dog heaven must be squirrel hell. 
thought to myself, here we are. We're in the middle of the move of God. Oh, we're full of life. We're full of expectation. We're full of joy. And you think, oh, here we are. You know, we're, we're having dog heaven, but the devil's having squirrel hell. He's like, you're the problem in this area. You're the troubler in this time. No, we're not the troubler. No, it's just we're having dog heaven. You're having squirrel hell. What makes us shout makes you cry. What makes us glad makes you mad. But we're not going to quit. And so the Bible says that he went to, now this is what happens now. You wonder. How did the rain begin to fall again? Elijah goes to the people and he says to them in verse 18, he says, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. And the people said nothing. Now listen, listen to these different translations. Elijah stood in front of them and said, how much longer will you waver, waver, hobbling between two opinions? Elijah came near to all the people. The English Standard Version says, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. How long? Elijah came near to the people. New American Standard Bible says, how long will you hesitate? Hesitate. Between two opinions. Listen. Elijah approached the people. The net Bible says. Oh this is really good. How long are you going to be paralyzed by indecision? Now Elijah knows the rain's coming. But before the rain comes. He goes to the people of God. And he says. How long? How long will you be paralyzed by indecision? How long, uh, God's word translation says, how long will you keep trying to have it both ways? If the Lord is God, follow him. It's just that simple. If he is the Lord God, follow him. Don't back off now. Don't let what the world says cause you to hesitate cause you to be paralyzed cause you to limp come on come on he's talking to his people you think the problem of the hour is because of what the world or the devil is doing but it seems to me the word of God is saying that it's not what they're doing it's what God's people are not doing Come on now. I'm talking about the rain. It's all about the rain. You are the the move of God in this hour. You are the ones that have been chosen to live in this hour. You are well equipped for the journey. Whether it takes, I mean Elijah, no matter what it took, if it was a raven, if it was a, 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 a widow who was bankrupt and re- getting ready to die, it didn't matter, matter who it was if they followed the word of God. They had everything that was necessary to supply the need for the hour. Hallelujah. 
And so he says, watch, watch what happens here. He says, Elijah says to Ahab. So he talks to the people. If he says, don't, 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 you know, you, you know, get, come on, get yourself, wake up, slap some, slap some. It's like, you know, have you ever seen that? Uh, we, uh, I, I remember hearing Rick Renner tell a story about how this man found a goat. His goat had been stolen and he found it in the back of a truck. Somebody had stolen it and they not, he didn't find it in the back of the truck. They put it in the back of the truck and then uh, dumped it on the side of the road in a ditch and they had tied its legs together, you know, so they could, you know, get it to stay still. And they tied its legs together. And so when they got there and found their, their goat that was, you know, they had found it and it was, it was okay alive and tied its legs, but it just sat there like this. And so the, the, the man told Rick, he said, so I had to slap the goat. Wake him up. Hey, you're not tied up anymore. Get up out of that ditch. I feel like that's the way we want to do to some of us. Come on, slap him. The Holy Ghost will come in on you and just slap you and say, get up out of that ditch. You're not a slave anymore. You're free. You're untied. Your chains are gone. Get up. Slap the goat. I used to, I used to teach a thing on that called slap the goat. Anyway, he says, I don't know why I said that now. He says, go eat and drink for there is a sound of a heavy rain. He says in verse 41, watch what happens here. Just watch what happens here. Remember James five and seven said, be long spirited. Come on, be long. Don't just be a short, you know, I give it a few days. No, just stay with it. Do whatever you need. Keep doing. Don't ever give up on it. And so Elijah tells, watch what happens here before the rain comes. Elijah says to his uh, servant in verse 43, go up and look toward the sea. This is where, remember when James 5.18 said he prayed again and the rain became began to come. Remember, this is where he went to pray again. He went up on Mount Carmel and he bowed his head and he put his face between his knees and then he told his servants, you go and you look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and his servant came back and said, there's nothing there. And so Elijah said, go again, go again. He said, there's nothing there, he told his servant. And he said, seven times Elijah said, go again. Seven times Elijah said, go again. Why did Elijah say go again? Because he had the word of the Lord. He knew it was a time for the rain. He knew, I'm not quitting. You don't see nothing? Well, I can tell you right now, I already heard the sound. I've already heard before it ever rained a drop. Elijah said, I hear the sound of a heavy rain. This is what does he say? Be long spirited. Do it again. Do it again. Pray again. Praise again. Worship again. Give again. Lift up your eyes again. Believe again. Dream again. Come on, do it again. Do it again. You said I did that before. Well, do it again. Do it again. His servant said there's nothing there. And on the seventh time, he said, oh, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. Woo! I don't know if you've ever looked up in the sky and seen a cloud the size of a man's hand. But, you know, you got to be looking for it. If it's a casual, just glance, you might miss it. But he was looking for it. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for the rain. Come on. 
I'm looking for the rain. I'm looking for it. I said go again. Our command from Jesus to go again is given in Matthew chapter 28 when his 11 disciples went up to the uh, mountain which Jesus told them to go to and he says to them in verse 18 all authority, power and rule in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe everything I have told and commanded you. And behold, I am with you always. Listen to this translation. I am with you all the days perpetually, uniformly on every occasion to the very close and consummation of the age. The message Bible says, I'll be with you as you do this day after day after day, right up unto the end of the age. I don't care how small it looks. Keep looking. Go again. Dream again. Believe again. Praise again. Why? Because the rain makes everything live again. The rain. The harvest. Come on. Anybody have somebody you're praying for? Anybody have somebody? Oh, Lord, let them sense and know your presence. Oh, Lord, in that place where it seems as though they can't see or know you. I pray, Lord, for the rain to fall in their life. Oh, Lord, I'm not just talking. I'm praying. I'm speaking it. And I believe that as I am doing that, I'm looking again. I'm looking again. I'm not quitting. How about you? How about you? Come on, church. This is our day to believe again. I hear the sound of rain. Brother Hagan said it like this. A harvest is coming. But instead of the har- looking for the harvest, some folks are just preaching it's going to get worse. The devil's going to take over. We better store up food and hide in a cave. That's exactly what the devil would like for us to do. If we're concerned about storing up food, we won't be focused on the harvest. But I'm going to focus on the, I'm not going to focus on the devil and what he's trying to do. I'm going to get ready for the harvest. Some folks are getting ready for the Antichrist. I'm getting ready for the Christ. Woo! Some Christians think the devil will take over the earth before the Lord's return. This is Brother Hagin. But remember the time when Jesus asked his disciples who men said he was and who, who they said he was. And Jesus said in Matthew 16, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Darkness will not overtake us. The devil will not take everything over. No, no, no. The devil can't take the church over for the greater one dwells in us. Greater is he that is in you that he is in the world I don't know about you but I'm not going to lie down and let the devil take over I'm going to rise up and carry out the work of the Lord the kingdom of God will be preached in all nations for a witness then the end will come and we're going to keep on asking for the rain we're going to keep on asking for the rain until it rains everywhere on the earth someone may ask this is brother Hagin how long are you going to do that until the harvest is reaped. We're not quitting because we just begin to see the rain. We're going to keep going till all the precious fruit of the earth is reaped. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord, for the fruit, all the rain, for the precious fruit of the earth to be reaped. Thank you, Lord. Oh, do it again. I hear those words. Do it again. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.